0: Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the Essentialist Podcast. I'm your host, Emma, and today we're going to be talking about a subject that I feel like is something I was intrinsically doing for a very long time without sort of understanding what it is, and that is grounding. And I think this is a little bit of a buzz term you've probably heard, but maybe don't know all of the ins and outs of. And I myself have been looking into it a little bit more recently, particularly with the warmer weather when I have a little bit. More of an opportunity to get back outside and kind of reconnect with nature in some of those ways. So I thought that I could just kind of speak through it and we can brainstorm a couple of little ideas and theories about it together. But I will essentially just go through what it means to do grounding what is it good for, how do you start doing it and how long and all of these kinds of questions that you might have. So if there's anything I don't cover, you can always find me on Instagram and slide on into the DMs and we can continue the conversation. But for now, I am just going to get straight into the podcast and chat about this topic that I've kind of just been really thinking on. Ever since, I guess, last weekend, I went away to the Grampians and that is in regional Victoria for anyone who isn't local to the Melbourne kind of area. But I was offered a beautiful farm stay to do some content as a collaboration with some accommodation out there. And so my partner and myself, we headed out. It's about a three and a half hour drive away. And it's kind of ironic because in the lead up to being offered this stay, I had been saying that I really wanted to book a pre-Christmas. Christmas holiday, and I know that that is kind of a silly thing to do in terms of you're already spending a lot of money over the holiday season, so financially, it's not always the best time to kind of get away. Also, there's just the time factor of there is a lot of things on at the moment. I feel like every second weekend there is some sort of event and it makes the timing of things a little bit difficult. But as luck would have it, it was quite literally one of the only weekends that we both had free. And so, yeah, we just decided to pack our bags and head out there. And I was so unbelievably excited. I've only been out to that area once before, around about the time when I first moved to Melbourne. So I was very, very keen to get back out there and we were blessed with some really, really beautiful weather as well. But that is what kind of got me thinking on the subject of grounding, because I find that I feel my most refreshed and the best kind of version of me and the calmest version of me after I've sort of interacted with or been out in nature. And I guess in the suburban, like a metropolitan sense, that might just be going for a walk. So again, if you're from Melbourne, you'd be familiar with the Botanical Gardens or what everyone calls like a tan lap. So if you are from a different State, and you've ever seen people using that terminology on social media, that is what they are referring to. But essentially, our botanical gardens here have a walking track around the outside, which is also quite leafy and beautiful. But it is really nice to be able to drop in and walk through the gardens as well. So that is kind of like my little um, urban escape, if you will. I kind of try and get around to doing that walk once a week, and that is very convenient because I don't live terribly far away from there. But in lieu of being able to do that and get out in proper nature and go for like an actual hike or something, I was just so, so looking forward to being out at the Grampians. And yeah, so I think I might actually just to get into what. Is grounding because that will kind of lead into what I actually want to chat about today because that is sort of what I felt like was happening when I was out there. I was sort of walking around with my shoes off, walking around the farm yard and just getting around in nature and we did end up going for a hike as well and even though we kind of got like torrentially rained on while we were up on the top of the pinnacle there, it was still just such a beautiful experience and I think obviously many of us can probably relate to that feeling, but it's such a euphoric feeling, like being out in nature, feeling so small in your scale and size when you get up to the top of a beautiful big lookout. We did a couple of hours of walking and you just really start to understand like your place in the world because you are looking out over this massive expanse of land and you're just this one tiny human and it gives you this really different way of kind of connecting with the world around you. So that was sort of the feelings that I was feeling. I was in my little, like, you know, country girl groove when I was there and... That is sort of what brings me to the subject of grounding or earthing, as some people like to call it. And the formal sort of definition, I guess, that you can kind of find online is that earthing or grounding refers to the discovery that bodily contact with the earth's natural electric charge can stabilize our physiology at its deepest levels. This can reduce inflammation, pain, stress. It also improves blood flow, energy and sleep and can generate a greater sense of well-being. So, all of that sounds pretty great, and it it kind of is, if it is as effective as they say. There are not heaps of scientific studies done on this, but I would just say, in a general layman's sense, it is pretty obvious that getting outdoors and connecting with nature is a pretty wise thing to do because we were not born to be kind of sitting in our beautiful, cushy houses and apartments. We were definitely, at one point in time, you know, cavemen and women, and we were sort of out there in the world just making the most of things so the fact that we kind of live such I guess comfortable and sheltered privileged existences now is a little bit different to that and so you can kind of I guess lose that connectivity to nature because we don't sort of have to hunt and gather our food we can literally just go to Coles or Woolworths and buy everything that we need maybe if you're a little bit more into your gardening you might kind of have that that little interaction with like I don't know connecting with the earth around you in that sense because you might be cultivating some Um, veggies and things that you want to eat but majority of us in the really urban built up kind of environment are probably not that connected with nature in our day-to-day lives so that's what sort of fascinated me about the idea of grounding and how it sort of chats about walking barefoot outside or sitting, working or sleeping um, outdoors can really just give you this transfer of energy from the ground into the body. So grounding, like I said, is supposed to improve your sleep and that is because it normalizes the day-to-night cortisol rhythm and in terms of the reduction of pain and stress, it is supposed to shift the autonomic nervous system. So it is essentially parasympathetic activation which will increase your heart rate variability, speed up wound healing and reduce blood viscosity. So that is pretty interesting in terms of all of the inflammatory markers that we have in our body like a general corporate worker or retail worker or many of the jobs that you guys probably do just like myself. I find that there are a lot of people who say I'm really stressed and of course we know stress leads to an increase of cortisol in the body and you know that can also lead to other things like lack of sleep, um, panic attacks, anxieties, some depression, like so much different sort of psychological changes. I, I know there's obviously people who struggle with these things every day, but I guess I'm just sort of getting at that, you know, these kind of environments that we put ourselves in a day in and day out working set hours or even a ton of overtime and things like that can really start to stress you out. And then you've got all of that added busyness as well of, let's say the thing, like commuting to work so there might be the real busyness of a bus or a train station or something that you are fighting your way through to actually get to your job to begin with and all of those kind of things are very harsh urban environments and there's not a lot of greenery or life around in those spaces like you don't really see a train station that's got beautiful hanging plants in it or anything they're just kind of like very practical spaces they are very cold and clean and hard surfaced because obviously the only way they're able to keep that clean when they have hung. Hundreds of thousands of people moving through them every week is to, you know, just be those kind of very boring, bland surfaces that someone can actually come and clean, so... That is, I suppose, my little summary of how we kind of get to that point where we feel that kind of disconnect. And you might not even notice that it's happening because I feel like a lot of this sort of stuff operates at a very subconscious level. So sometimes it is all of those little things that are happening to us or around us in our everyday environment. And you were just so desensitized to it because it's part of your daily routine that it doesn't even seem out of the ordinary. And even if you were to get sick because you were really run down or something, it is just kind of quite rare that people would ever attribute that to like the actual environment that they're in. You would always just think like, oh, I'm, you know, just tired and stressed. And it's like, well, you've literally been breathing recycled air conditioning in your home and in your office and you probably haven't had time to go for a walk this week and just to get out and about in nature. And that is something that I've definitely kind of tried to bring back into a little bit of an evening routine of mine because I absolutely love going for a walk after dinner. I feel like there's nothing better than when the weather is warm, sort of having your dinner and then going out down the street for a little bit of a walk. So, I mean, in a perfect world, I would love to go and walk down by the beach or something so I could listen to the beautiful crashing waves. But if you're from Melbourne, you would also know that it's a bay and not a beach. And that was quite shocking to me when I first moved here because there aren't waves. So yeah, it's just a little bit strange down there. It's sort of very silent and very strange. So I don't really kind of make my way down to the beach unless I'm back home up on the Gold Coast. But yeah, I just feel like they're having that sort of I don't know, that release of like actually going out not only helps with my digestion because I'm kind of getting moving instead of just being stationary after having a large meal, but it also just really gets me back out in nature one last time before I go to sleep. And I'm not even joking when I say I definitely feel that I sleep better on the evenings where I have been out in nature for some amount of time. And I don't know if that's just because I'm more tired from doing a little bit more of a physical activity or if it's quite literally that you've just allowed yourself to get a bit of fresh air. So I'm certainly not in any way. I don't have a science degree or whatever. These are just my opinions, obviously. But it's just some of the things that I feel like I've experienced after having that opportunity to be out in nature. So In terms of how do you actually start grounding as a practice or a little bit of a ritual or routine that you might want to introduce into your life, I have a little couple of dot points on a list here that I'm going to run through with you. So here are some ways that you can ground yourself. So there are 14 techniques that you can try, and these are kind of ways that you can essentially just learn to operate at different levels throughout the course of the day by shifting from some of those detail kind of orientated activities to grounding and just being back in sync with your body and soul. So in my reading I discovered that there are a couple of different grounding methods and they can essentially be broken into three different categories. So there are physical grounding techniques that will create calm within your body or relate to your physical overall well-being. There are mental grounding techniques which are mindset shifts and ways to reframe your cycle of thinking to avoid overwhelming your nervous system. And the final type is emotional self-care. So that is your approach to nurture compassion for yourself that are grounded in connection. So whether that be with the self or other humans around you it is all about that connection to your emotions. So let's go through a couple of ways that you can try and ground yourself. One of the first steps to ground your is to breathe. And I know that we are doing this by default because the blood is pumping through our heart, but bear with me because I definitely think it's one of those things like when you're feeling a little bit upset or stressed, you can realize that you're actually holding your breath. And I do this quite a lot. If I get really tense or anxious, I notice that I'm quite literally holding my breath and I've got all this tension and nervous energy in my body and I am quite literally forgetting to breathe. And therefore that kind of elevates your blood pressure it really exacerbates what you're feeling and it can really kind of cause you to feel like you're in this heightened frenzied state when all you needed to do was count to three take a really deep breath in and out and just try to ground yourself back into the present moment where you are. The next one is to prioritize your physical wellness through proper sleep, nutrition and exercise. And I have to tell you at this time of year and just in terms of, I guess what I'm trying to do with my life in terms of working a little bit more for myself lately I have definitely not been the best at prioritizing sleep, nutrition, and exercise. And it is certainly showing because even though I did a gym challenge, I feel like I've just kind of stagnated after that. And it's because I am not getting enough hours of sleep in the evening. I am not being consistent with my nutrition. And although I do exercise a lot, that can also be deemed as over-exercising because you're not even giving yourself a chance to relax. So last week, I decided that I wanted to listen to my body because I did get sick the other week when I was pushing myself too hard. So I canceled a couple of my gym classes and just turned them into days that I would go for a gentle walk instead. And That was really, really good. It not only calmed me down, but it just allowed me to reconnect with nature because instead of being in a classroom with some really loud music and dark lighting and all of the things they like to do to motivate you at a gym, I was outside in nature. I even did one of my walks without headphones, which is pretty rare for me because I'm usually all wired up and connected to another podcast or something that I'm doing. But I actually did give myself that full opportunity and permission to just be outdoors and with nature. The next point is quite literally that, just to get out in nature, because that is the whole point of earthing and grounding. You you can't really do it. I mean, you can do some forms of it inside your home, but the whole point is to be actually connecting physically with the earth. And that might mean taking your shoes off and walking on the grass. But these are just little um, sort of tips, I suppose, of ways that you can actually do it to feel that connectivity. Another way to ground yourself is to find magic in music. So anyone who loves music, and I assume that is pretty much anyone on earth would know the feeling of I don't know, just that really deep connection or even goosebumps when you listen to a song by one of your favorite artists or in a genre that you absolutely love. And it really just feels so electric. And it was probably one of those songs that you might even throw on repeat, like until you're absolutely sick of it. Like I have listened to songs 20 times in a row before if I was really into them, just because it gives me such a great feeling. And I think music can be a really great motivator, it can soothe us, it can comfort us. there are so many things that music can do depending on, like I said, the genre, the tempo, all sorts of things. And it can be anything from excitement and stimulation to total peace and relaxation. Another thing is to do something soothing and tactile. So, I am the cook in my relationship and I actually do really love taking on that role. I love creating and making things for us and to me, cooking is kind of soothing and tactile because it is something that I have to be conscious of doing. I am busy with my hands the entire time and I kind of call it my form of meditation because I am quite literally being very present in the moment and just thinking about exactly what I'm doing and I'm not sort of like flitting about thinking around other things because if I did, I would burn the food or I would measure something wrong and it might taste horrible. So I have to be abundantly present in that moment to actually get a good outcome. So that for me is a very soothing and tactile sort of thing. For other people, it might be something like knitting where you can be a little bit absent minded, but still sort of presently focused on the task. But find something like that and that can kind of be a little bit of an indoor grounding activity. If you don't have time to go for a wander, a mindset one is to avoid catastrophizing. And I have to tell you, as a chronic overthinker, this is something that I have definitely spent many, many years in my life doing. And my partner actually told me this quote and it said, I have to try and remember it now. It was something like, I found it. I just had to do a quick Google because my brain was not helping me out with that one. So it's a quote by Mark Twain and it says, I've suffered a great many catastrophes in my life. Most of them never happened. And I gotta tell you, that is so true. And if you let that statement sink in, most of them never happened. There are so many things that we literally catastrophize and think about over and over and over again. And they are quite literally just mental pictures in our minds. These are not legitimate things that have happened to you. So it's, co- it's sort of strange how we can kind of overthink scenarios or replay moments in our mind or think about things in the future that definitely have not happened yet and think that we have some crystal ball where we're sort of predicting the outcome and we just know it's going to be horrible. And it's like, what makes you so certain that you know all of these things that is actually just catastrophizing what could happen and not allowing yourself to just... Be present and realize what will be will be. Another one for a mindset shift is to get a different perspective. And whether you are able to do this yourself by sort of looking at a second position and trying to remove yourself from the situation, or asking a friend or mentor or someone else who is totally not involved in the situation to give you their sort of two cents on what is actually happening, that is definitely a great way to sort of step out of any kind of situation and just not put yourself at. At the center of it because by gaining a different perspective, you'll be able to have a different understanding of either somebody else's point of view or just the fact that something actually isn't that bad and it's just the way that you're looking at it. I really like this next tip, and that is to identify your circle of control. So, a circle of control is literally just that it is what is in your actual. I guess, reach that you have power over and that you can change because there are some things that are simply out of our control. For example, if the train is running late or it is cancelled, that is not in your control. You are not able to run the trains. You're not a train driver. You don't control what time they come and when they go or if they get delayed or break down. And it's nothing personal. It's just how things are running for that day. So realizing that there are just some things which are completely out of your control can take away some of those sort of negative emotions and feelings around those sort of things and I would also suggest that literally anyone who is not you is also out of your control because much like an animal or a pet where they can be a little bit disobedient if they want to actual people in your life are no different and that is because we are all our own person and as much as you might want to think you can tell someone what to do or how to treat you or I don't know what it is that you want them to do whether it be like your husband and you want them to pick up after themselves or a friend who is letting you down or maybe it's just a partner and they're not expressing their emotions enough. There are so many different things which are completely out of our control and learning to actually just accept and deal with that is so much easier than the former because if you're really trying to control absolutely everything, you are going to be sorely disappointed and have a real struggle when things just don't go your way. The next tip is to take small steps. So as with most things, you don't need to master this all at once. And maybe you only remember two to three tips. And those are just some things you end up integrating and taking away from this episode. And honestly, that is perfect because we're not going to be able to do absolutely everything all the time. And if something just flat out isn't working for you, then there is no point trying to push yourself into doing it. Another method to ground yourself is to do something you're good at. And the reason that is, is because you will generate such a positive feeling when you are doing something that you enjoy, that you are naturally good at. And whether that just be something like singing, reading, writing, maybe it's playing a sport, maybe it is, like I said, cooking a delicious meal or... I don't know, but whatever that thing is that you're good at, it might even just be your job and you are really, really proud of the output that you do at work. But finding something you're good at will allow you to feel grounded and connected to your why and your deeper purpose for being here. And that to me is so incredibly important because that is what gets me out of bed every day. It is that deep inner feeling that I enjoy what I'm doing and I'm on the right path because to me in my mind, and I apologize for swearing, but that makes you unfuck Because in so many times in my life, I have either been let down by people or you know, there's been some issue at work or something else going on that can really shake your confidence. But if you just feel like you know exactly what it is that your reason for being here is, then you can just kind of put aside some of those times when things aren't going too well, or you feel like you are just a little bit lost because by having your purpose and driving everything forwards from that, you are never going to feel lost. You can always come home to yourself and you will have a really good connection in knowing that you are good at that thing. One of the more important tips as well is how you can find support and connection. So whether that be the physical idea of the greater world out there, so earthing and grounding to the physical ground allows you to actually have that connectivity with the world around you and that is something that just kind of fills up your cup and whether or not you've ever tried this or you want to go outside right now and pause the podcast and go and stand on some grass and see what I mean, you will understand that the longer you allow yourself to I suppose, surrender to the idea of connection, the better it will feel. It is just kind of like having a really long hug with someone that you deeply care about. There are those five second quick little hugs that you might give people when you catch up. And then there are those deep hugs that just say, I've got you, I support you, I understand you, and I'm here for you. And that is the exact same sort of connection that you can form by yourself, whether you are with someone or not, or whether you have people you know, at your beck and call as resources or not, you can find that sort of solidity in connecting with the earth by yourself. Another tip is to make friends with your inner critic, which is, of course, that voice that is just getting in your head and telling you that you have mucked up or you're no good at things or you're having an off day and you're just being really mean to yourself. So it's sort of trying to repair that voice and not allowing those sort of deep, dark internal monologues to roll on. That brings me back to the other point, similar to what I was sort of talking about before, and that is to root to your purpose, because Feeling that great sense of your why and your purpose is one of the core principles of earthing and grounding and that is just going to allow you to have such a deep connection with yourself that it will be absolutely unexplainable to anybody else because you so deeply know your purpose and it's definitely going to aid with some self-confidence and things as well because if someone were to kind of ever question any of your core values, you would just know them so intrinsically that they are so deep a part of you that it is absolutely not possible. Possible to persuade you any other way. My final tip is to remember that everything is temporary and that is so true of the world around us. Things are constantly evolving and changing and whether you like it or not, things will always continue to change. The sun will rise and set every single day and that is just a momentum and part of life, I guess. There is just a movement and an undercurrent of things that is just constantly happening and it's a great thing to remember that if you are going through a tough time, that every Everything is temporary. Even happiness is temporary and fleeting. It's just this range of human emotions that we have. And I think a lot of people get really freaked out and they just want to be happy all the time. And that can kind of lead to some of that toxic positivity, which I personally just find so irritating and so fake. But, you know, I'm all for being happy and grateful and gracious in our daily lives. But I also do think there is like a limitation on how happy you can be because sometimes things just suck. And you don't need to be happy all the time. You are allowed to give yourself permission to be angry or to feel sad or whatever emotion that it is that you're going through. But just to understand that it is temporary, it will pass. It will definitely happen to you again at some point, And that's just life. What I really like about this whole grounding sort of concept is how physical grounding techniques really allow you to tap into your physical body. So that is all of your senses, you know, like your five senses, as they say, like sight smell sound etc and this can really generate a sense of your overall health and well-being so it's sort of almost like doing a little bit of a body scan because you can kind of go through some of those exercises and take note of how your body feels because I've heard a couple of people say other concepts like it'll be like a battery check almost like what is your energy level or your emotion on that particular day and just having that sort of Take a breath, have a scan, have a think about how your body is, is so interesting to sort of connect back in with the physical body. I guess in summary, what I wanted to share was just how rested, rejuvenated, and refreshed I was feeling after having that weekend in the country. Like, even when we were doing the walk, we quite literally got torrentially rained on, and I just didn't even care. It was kind of so nice being rained on, and even though it was also a little bit cold, it was just like this whole experience. And it was something that we just absolutely did not care about in the moment because it was just so overwhelmingly amazing to connect with nature in that way and kind of see that incredible view feel the water on your skin see the sun when it popped back out of the clouds and it was just such a beautiful experience. I'm so thankful and grateful that I got to get away before Christmas and have that beautiful relaxing experience and sort of walking around and seeing the animals and things. We saw so many beautiful little Australian critters and creatures. There were turtles, ekinders, wallabies, some lambs on the farm. There was stuff absolutely everywhere and I just had the best time sort of reconnecting with all of that as well because I just feel like I don't own a pet at the moment and You know, when you're just in your apartment, I'm in my little four walls and I don't really kind of get to experience the sort of vastness of space in terms of just wandering around or crunching through the gravel and then stepping onto the soft grass and feeling the breeze and going down to a lake and just sitting there and listening to the water lapping at the edges. And all of those kind of things really just made me come back to myself and I just could not help but feel so incredibly happy and so comfortable calm after the weekend and as we were driving home we were sort of just reflecting on what our highlights were from the stay and I just felt so incredibly calm. So I just wanted to share this episode because I know this is such a chaotic and busy time of year and if you're anything like me you are just heading straight for the finish line and wondering how much longer you can hold in there for even though there's only three weeks left it is just so full-on at the moment. So I feel you, I'm here and I support you. And of course, my inbox is always open if you have any podcast suggestions or you simply just want to chat about anything from the episodes. And I think that I will wrap it up and just leave it at that because I'm probably rambling again and... God knows it is definitely late enough that if I want to have any sort of semblance of a nighttime routine and get to bed at a decent hour, I definitely need to start winding down. And one of the ways I've been doing that at home is all the low lighting and kind of soft sounds and things and switching off from some of my digital devices. So that is always going to be my sage advice because it absolutely does help. But thank you guys so much for joining me for yet another episode of the Essentialist podcast. And I'm sorry that it's been two weeks, I believe between episodes, but I have just been so, so busy and I will try my hardest to be a little bit more consistent over the next couple of weeks. So thank you guys again for joining me and I will chat to you in the next episode. Bye.